Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Four Center podcast feed, and I'm Ken Napsok. And I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm Jennifer Landa. 
And we are here to discuss breaking news from a long time ago. That's right. It's our Star Wars news show. And, man, we've got some fun things to get to. As always, we kind of uh, picked and chose uh, what we wanted to talk about today because there's a lot of stories out there, rumors of titles, great covers. We'll mention all of that in uh, our news discussion shortly here. But before we get to all that, we want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com com slash force center over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we have a force center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. But Joseph, Jennifer, we're here. Uh, we're here to talk Star Wars. Here to celebrate Star Wars. Here to talk Star Wars news. But the real <laughs> world can sometimes uh, bum us all out here. So the last few days, how are you all doing? Where does Star Wars find you? And what's going on, Jennifer? Well, Star Wars uh, have, has found me all right. I, <laughs> I, spent, <laughs> I feel like, oh my, I feel like I'm getting my dissertation. I'm going back, you know, I've obviously I've talked about finishing Rebels. I've watched The right, Bad right. Batch, revisited some Clone Wars uh, arcs and episodes, and then I dove into the prequels back to back, which I've never really done before. Mm-hmm. Um and and this was a whole this has been a great viewing experience for me because I have it on my computer, Disney Plus, put on my headphones, tune out everyone around me, <laughs> and I have the captions on because I'm I'm a visual learner. And it's been fantastic. I've really experienced the stories the way that they're meant to be experienced, which is like I'm <laughs> actually understanding it. I'm and and yep. now having watched, you know, Rebels and all and all these other things. I see how the tapestry is woven together. I'm understanding the Trade Federation. I'm understanding like all these things that I always kind of got hung up on. And then seeing it back to back and seeing these characters evolve, their performances evolve. It was beautiful. I was really upset by the the Revenge of the Sith. I was like emotionally distraught. (laughs) Um, And then for whatever reason, I'm like, I'm going to skip solo and I'm going to go into Rogue One. And again, I was like, okay, I got to stop. I got to take a break. It's a lot. You need to watch some Ewoks cartoons to just get you a little bit of a burst of Star Wars joy. Something. Because it is devastating to see the fall of Anakin and his relationship with Obi-Wan and how that changes from a father figure. Their Jedi are so hard on him. I'm really upset <laughs> i mean i knew this but I, I was getting angry and i'm like this child has been through trauma you don't like criticize him and you don't treat him so harshly he needs like love he needs mm-hmm. understanding and the jedi don't give him that and i'm like no wonder he ends up like this mm-hmm. <sighs> very upset it's it's so great it's so great to, to hear you feel the the power of the prequels when you really invest in anakin right yes yes <laughs> That's a 20 plus year sigh right there. <sighs> oh, yeah. 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 So that was my weekend. Uh, that's hey, a great weekend. That's a good one indeed. That's a good one indeed. Joseph, you and I had fun Friday on the live YouTube show. And uh, you and I had, uh, you know, just personally, professionally, always, uh, always moving, always grooving, as is Jennifer. We had a tough, day, tough week, but we, we celebrated on a, a good fun live uh, uh, Force Center event. Thank you all to uh, thank you to all those that were watching. Um, but uh, how did it finish up for you after there? Did the good vibes continue? Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of great vibes uh, from Star Wars. Yeah, life stuff, uh, big picture of the world, lots of not great stuff, lots of upsetting stuff, uh, lots of 
hope uh, mm. in, within it, uh, which I think, you know, Star Wars is so great at reminding you of like, okay, when things look really bad, that's when you need hope more than anything. Not just like everything will work out so I don't have to pay attention to it, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but hope that if I, if I think I work, collaborate with others that I can help make a difference. Um, that's what's so valuable to me about Star Wars. So life stuff, definitely difficult, big world in some juggling some personal stuff, but this was just such an embarrassment of riches of Star mm. Wars adventures this week. Um, we, we did that great uh, live show, which was really fun on YouTube. Uh, it's George Lucas's uh, birthday. Uh, mm-hmm. it, today is the actual anniversary of Attack of the Clones release. Um, wow, that's right. And I watched the first uh, half hour of the film this morning uh, because I wanted to like watch it at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> to recreate 20 years ago but i was too sleepy uh just really uh enjoying that film and and like you jennifer just like oh man every every line has meaning and really investing in anakin's perspective makes the those films so rich uh so that was great i've been reading i power read uh brotherhood the new obi-wan and anakin book mm. all weekend so it's just kind of been like all star wars uh all the time uh but the the one specific <laughs> adventure that i wanted to to talk about, I mentioned this on the live show, so apologies uh, for people who watch our live show. I'm repeating myself a little bit, but um, uh, my wife got some tickets to a production of King Lear. We haven't mm. been to live theater in a long time, even that's a big part of uh, me and my wife's uh, uh, past and history and, and how we met each other even. Um, so it was a production with the great actor Joe Morton, and I thought, oh, that's great. He's perfect for King Lear. He's been building his whole career to play King Lear. Sure, let's go to that. That'll be fun. Uh, and then I see a little bit uh, lower on the cast list. Emily Swallow. Oh, the armor. Yeah. (laughs) From the Mandalorian. I definitely want to see this. So uh, I had been to this uh, theater before the Wallace Anberg in in Beverly Hills. And it is a traditional kind of a proscenium stage where the the audience is in the audience. And then the actors are up there on stage and you watch them from afar. Uh, Well, for this production, they wanted to turn it into a theater in the round. So they put risers on the actual stage and... We didn't ask for it, uh, but we were just assigned our tickets when we arrived, and they were in the front row of the seats on stage. So we were, like, on top of the actors. Uh, like, uh, no exaggeration. I had, there's this great tension because the actors would run, uh, and I had to keep my legs tucked or I would trip and hurt <laughs> the actors, like, that close um so it was a really really great experience because of that uh the whole production was great but to bring it back to star wars it was so great to see uh emily swallow give this amazing performance (laughs) no mask she didn't wear her armor (laughs) helmet (laughs) she broke the mandalorian code for this production of uh, of king lear uh just a phenomenal powerhouse of an actor just the presence Mm. the choices amazing choices to make the Shakespearean uh, dialogue clear and, and, and direct. And then, uh, you know, her voice only uh, occasionally dipped into this place that it sounded like the armor uh, mm. when the character was really angry and threatening and quietly threatening <laughs> mm. uh, the character in King Lear. And it made me really appreciate how much she made a choice about what that voice is for the armor. Uh, so it, phenomenal experience. And it made me wonder and hope that, uh, there'd be some convolution of plot where we get to see the armor with the helmet off. Yeah. Love it. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, maybe removed by Bo-Katan. <laughs> I was going to ask, like, do you, you know, intentionally, unintentionally, accidentally? That'd be uh, that'd be interesting. Um, I don't think it, that it, character it, would ever take her helmet off. So that's why I went to like. I kind of yeah. think uh, you know everybody's like, is Bo-Katan going to fight uh, Din for the dark I think somewhere in there, the armor is going to go. Yeah, you know, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> so that made me think: is is that the final defeat of uh, the armor that Bo-Katan takes her helmet off and looks her in the eyes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazing. And I said on the live show, I'll say it again here too. Joe Morton, always been one of my favorites in large part. Yes. Because of Terminator uh, too. And, uh, <laughs> uh, speed, right. He was in speed. Uh, he had a good run there in that mid nineties. I've always thought he'd be a great star Wars actor. Just yeah. that gravitas that we would want. Yeah. Gravitas and great uh, sense of humor as well. Just yeah. Phenomenal. So those are all my star Wars adventures. Mm, that's, that's great. It's good. That's good. Yeah. And uh, for me too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it was just a lot of fun Friday again. Uh, You don't have to run out like our our personal struggles and everything, but yeah, I just, yeah, I I crash landed into that live stream uh, and Joseph, I I know you've kind of uh, not necessarily in the plane with me, but all we already on the runway with your uh, (laughs) crash plane. And it was just so fun to, to, to have uh, four center friends come on out and uh, hang out with us, ask fun questions, great questions. Uh, and that that was a lot of fun. And yeah, the, the stuff going on this week, I, I was particularly affected by um, the the, uh, the the shooting, the what I call domestic terror attack in Buffalo. And I just that one just really got me. It just really got me. And I, I just it, I was it was George Lucas's birthday, and and it just got me reflecting on what he decided to put into the world all those years ago, mm. and the communication on. Um, fear uh, and you and i joseph just took that deep dive into the yoda yoda force lessons in clone wars and mm-hmm. how that one just explicitly states fear is evil fear is evil that is the, what we're fighting in this galaxy and how it manifests in different ways and how george uh, we sometimes might make fun of uh you know poke fun i should say not make fun but poke fun at the yeah it's for 12 year olds it's this morality tale but that 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 is and will always be his legacy to put this into the world of we can constantly make better choices and true happiness comes from helping others. True happiness comes from connection. We're all connected and we must combat fear and fear again manifests in so many ways. So I, I was just, uh, you talked about hope, Joseph, and you got to find hope and hope emerges during dark times and it's not easy and we don't want to just be like, you know, clown music playing going all is well. <laughs> you got to face the real things. And uh, oddly enough, it just, it just, yeah, as I was down, I, I, I'm happy that we here at Force Center love exploring the themes that are present in Star Wars because they are simple, direct, uh, and purposeful, and it is about hope over fear. So uh, I took solace in that, took solace in our Force Center community that allows us to continue uh, to explore those themes every week. So thank you all. I need Yeah, that. Yeah, no, it, I think that has been just such uh, one of the great things of doing this podcast and having this community is really being able to look at these deep ideas. And it's easy to kind of uh, write off some of the talk of the fear that's so explicit, you know, not only in the original trilogy, but really in the prequel and go like, yeah, I know fear. It's like when you don't like snakes or you don't want to go on a roller coaster. I get it. I should be brave. (laughs) Like That's not, that's a kind of fear, but you know, when you really embrace, this is the kind of fear uh, of something bad is going to happen in the future, but it's not really a fear of, of something that isn't real, like being replaced the fear Mm -hmm. that motivates these horrible things in the real world. That's the Mm -hmm. kind of fear that star Wars is talking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The fear to change the fear to grow the fear to lose power. 
It's all those kind of things. And yeah, I, I, I love, um, we always say we're not necessarily reviewers here. We love, we discuss Star Wars. We love studying Star Wars. We're students of Star Wars. And I, and I really love that choice, even though, hey, sometimes uh, I know maybe we, we, folks want us to dive into different points or what we don't like or things like that. I, I just, as time moves on, I'm happy to be here discussing the, the positive things that this series teaches us and has for us to learn. So uh, we'll keep doing that. We'll keep doing that, you know? Yeah. All right. On that note, let's just do this. Let's get into some Star Wars news because we've got uh, this little show called Obi-Wan Kenobi on the way here. Starting to cause, I I will admit, starting to cause me a little bit of stress on (laughs) the night it drops. And we're all down there. And I'm like, what should I bring? An HDMI cable to go to the hotel TV? Should I bring my extra computer monitor? Do I plug that in the laptop? And then I a lot of tweets going around about what do you do about the hotel Wi-Fi? Everyone's going to be on. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, my aunt lives around the corner. Maybe I can go there. But my aunt doesn't have Internet because she lives in the 80s. So, oh, no. So I'm picturing just like a team of hackers, like crawling up telephone poles to like try to get, you know, the best access to the Wi-Fi. You know what? That is fear. And I got to let go of that fear and know that we're all having a good time. But uh, let's get to this uh, big story because I bring this all up because the Kenobi promotional ship has left the space station, as we know. And Ewan McGregor spoke to Empire Magazine about many, many Kenobi-related things. Uh, And we will say this. The press tour started. uh, Was it over in Berlin? And gosh, Moses Ingram looks so great right next to Hayden and Ewan. It was this this band. Everyone was like, name this (laughs) band. And it was just so (laughs) awesome to see those three featured and, and a lot of cool things came out of that uh but i think this empire magazine article had some uh, deeper things to dive into a bit a big talking point around all the promotional shows has been the love for the prequels particularly episode three mcgregor told the tale in empire magazine of introducing revenge of the sith as part of a marathon in hollywood and that being his first real experience with star wars fans that appreciate these films uh, saying in the story he felt the warmth and positive reaction that's pretty specific because we know all those uh, down here um el capitan will do it the marvel films star wars films will do the big marathons uh, i haven't attended i remember our, our pal mike black all goes he's like yeah you just sleep there in the chair you go for a while <laughs> so it was just fun to hear that that was part of ewan's journey back to star wars so i want to ask what is our reaction to just kind of reading and hearing that story joseph yeah, I mean, I love the detail in the way that he tells the story that it, that he picked Revenge of the Sith because he always thought that was the strongest, uh, that he rode his motorcycle into Hollywood <laughs> at 2 a.m. Uh, I've, I've watched a bunch of the uh, the long way uh, uh, specials uh, that he does with his friend uh, Charlie Borman. Uh, and, and so I've spent a little bit of time with Ewan McGregor as, uh, is Mr. Motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's just like, kind of like a great picture of him being like, yeah, you know, what the hell? I'll, I'll jump yeah. on my bike and ride in <laughs> and say, hi, I'm Obi-Wan Kenobi. But I think it's one thing for him to talk in these general terms that he is in this press tour, which are so great about, Hey, it's great to feel the love from this generation, but Matt, put yourself in Ewan McGregor's shoes and imagine having kind of lived with this reality of this was a really challenging shoot for me because all the green screen, the blue screen, I didn't really like that, but I did my best. It was challenging. And the conclusion on these, on these movies are critics didn't like them and people my age despise these movies. Right. Mm -hmm. And just Mm -hmm. living with that as your reality. And then walking into that environment in El Capitan where it's hardcore fans in sleeping bags who have 
none of that baggage in these movies are precious and Ewan McGregor is a golden god. <laughs> that's, uh, you know, as the meme says from Ewan McGregor, that's effing Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? And to imagine walking onto that stage with that baggage of, yeah, I guess I'll give it a try, but people mostly don't like these movies. And then feeling that explosion mm. of, mm-hmm. of joy and applause at 2 a.m. in the morning, right? Like, yeah. we should all be blessed to have a large audience of people help heal one of our open wounds. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, to me, that's what that story is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm i trying to picture him riding back to wherever he was going to uh, like 3 a.m. on a motorcycle, <laughs> hair in the wind, maybe even taking his helmet off. We don't recommend that for safety reasons, but hair in the wind, just going, wow, I, I got a pep in my step. I'm chuffed. That felt different. That felt different. And one yeah. of the reasons is, you know, you, uh, actors and producers, writers that, you know, you'll make a bad movie or you make a movie that doesn't go over well with an audience or the critics or bombs at the box office. And you can maybe leave that behind. Star Wars is never going away. So those films, the saga, everything, it's always going to be there. Whenever, every time you step outside the door, the prequels are going to be with you if you're Ewan McGregor. So I think that was an added just kind of, wow, wow, that's, that felt good. That felt good. So yeah, Jen, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to me, especially watching it this past weekend. And at the time when I saw it, I always thought that Ewan McGregor gave a fantastic performance. He Mm. was one of the the bright spots of the prequels for me, even way back when. So it's interesting. And what I liked about him sharing this is that it shows that even if you're an incredibly successful, talented actor, you are not immune to criticism Mm -hmm. or praise, right? Mm -hmm. Like- I think a lot of people, especially online, forget that these are real people doing their job and everyone doing their job wants to feel like they're doing a good job. And uh, I think that a lot of times fans sometimes might, you know, lambast criticism, ah, you suck, whatever, forgetting that there is a human being who goes and gets in costume and memorizes their lines and finds their marks and does a lot of research and, and painstaking time to get their character. Right. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was a very um, almost vulnerable thing that he shared that he, you know, he, he enjoyed it. He enjoyed getting the praise. Oh, you guys like me. That feels good. (laughs) Um, I really liked that. He shared that. I thought that was really, really nice and almost like humble. Uh, which yeah. is very refreshing in this industry. Yeah. Yeah, no, indeed. And, and a lot of people playing that clip of, of Hayden being asked kind of a similar question on, on an internet interview on YouTube and him kind of having that almost choked up kind of like, yeah, I can't describe what this is all meant. <laughs> the patience yeah. pays off. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the long process of getting this project off the ground was discussed from his uh, constantly being asked about the role. <laughs> uh, Lucasfilm reaching out to see if his positive reaction to that question in some interviews um, to the idea of playing Kenobi was real, which it was, and then uh, to the film and finally to Deborah Chow coming on board and uh, making this a series, uh, this this long process of just even that series coming to life. So. It was interesting, uh, especially because we've, I feel as though we've all kind of been along on that journey covering <laughs> mm-hmm. Star Wars the last few years. So anything you want to pull out from this conversation, Jennifer, of uh, of now we're finally here, but looking back on the long road to get there. Oh my gosh. I remember us talking about this on Force Center. I think we were mm-hmm. at, at Joseph's place and we were just speculating, what is this, what would this movie, I think at the time, <laughs> what would this movie be like hanging out in the desert with Obi-Wan Kenobi? And now here we are. And I think that this long process, it's about timing. 
Talk about perfect timing. Everything lined up so well with the Mandoverse, the technology that that uh, John Favreau and his team developed, um, and ILM obviously, uh, and then now having Disney Plus, them the kind of the I don't I don't know like not birth of but just like how people want to watch limited series now. And mm. more so than movies, like this pandemic yeah. obviously forced everyone at home. So it's all these things that came together to create this perfect little space for Kenobi to thrive. Um, yeah, it's fascinating. And now, look, I'm, well, I know you guys were always excited, but I'm really excited. And I wasn't so much so in the beginning. I was like, eh, mm. all right, we'll see. Yeah. No, what you're speaking about there is this this idea of even this the Star Wars theme of, uh, you know, the journey you want to beyond has kind of already begun whether you knew it or not it, it, it was already going on and, and how everything has lined up and, and i can't imagine it being any other way i, I wanted it to, uh, that movie i can't imagine it being a movie right now i want to spend six episodes six hours or more with kenobi and the characters we're about to meet and, and, and re-meet that that's that is true just just like here it is it's kind of fun to look back now and be like we're finally here the technology uh, didn't even exist or was in the uh, you know the design phase when this all these rumors started but here we are and i do remember that interview i was just or that in, or that episode i was just looking back at it for center doing the, some of the tech work I, I, i'm going to do here to complete our transition and joseph uh i i hit that one that was like your birthday when we celebrated yeah. your birthday and the <laughs> kenobi announcement on the same day wow. yeah it was the uh yeah the the uh not announcement i guess the article that uh stephen daldry right there was a yep. trades article saying he'd been attached and that was oh, great yeah. to hear in this that just the confirmation of like yeah he was briefly attached but then he had another thing and like yeah um yeah i, I always remember that story because the article was the news drop was Stephen Daldry has been attached to a Kenobi project but like the headlines were like Kenobi movie officially a go (laughs) (laughs) and it's always like I that's why I always want to focus on what is the actual news and what does it mean it means right now this director is attached doesn't mean the movie is a go as we saw it meant that years later there'd be a television show (laughs) (laughs) that Stephen Daldry is not involved in um the 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 whole journey is great i love that story of yeah no i i couldn't go anywhere without being asked this i couldn't get groceries without being asked are you gonna play kenobi again (laughs) i love that lucasfilm's (laughs) like you mean it (laughs) like yeah (laughs) it's so great it's so uh down to earth for such a big project the other detail that i thought was really interesting in this interview is uh this quote where um ewan mcgregor says then Deborah Chow became the director and she took the project in two different directions mm. because it became a series and then the storyline shifted. Mm. And that for me seems like, uh, I'm not going to say conf- confirmation, it seems like evidence that, yep, when it became a television series, there was some restructuring, maybe some different elements, but that there had been that reporting, just reporting, no confirmation, uh, that there was a shift to within Lucasfilm to say, Hey, look, if uh, if we want to really explore Obi-Wan being broken, Obi-Wan's journey back to hope, what is the what is the conflict? What is the fear he has to face (laughs) if confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi? He must confront Vader. And why hold back from that? Why not take the big swing that it seems like that conversation was real, right? Mm -hmm. And Deborah Chow and team made that decision uh, to to not be afraid of Vader. Yeah. 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 To confront their own fear of yeah. the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, great stuff. Yeah. Uh, wonderful uh, takes on uh, both of you on, on the journey. It is just kind of fun. It's a crazy uh, demarcation of time. And you look, I think it was 2017. We were talking about this uh, Kenobi wow. news. Uh, 
and it's and it's crazy. Uh, it's crazy to think, but but finally here, and I, I just feel, yeah, yeah, you're right, Justin. Too, it's just like a, a, a rumor, news story is it's at that time. So and so is attached at this time. The project is in development at this time. We always joke until it's on StarWars.com, or quite frankly, until it's in front of your eyes. I don't believe. <laughs> yeah. And so here we are. It, uh, it's been fun as, as a Star Wars fan. Um, it's it one of this story. Uh, to, to finally see it coming uh, coming to fruition here. So McGregor admits to not being the deep dive Star Wars expert, but says Deborah Chow is saying, I don't know what happens in episode 29 of The Clone Wars. She does. Now, we talk often here about how the story is more important than little canon details. We do love and respect and want the correct canon details, but we we want the, the character stuff. We want the story. We want the themes. And so what excites us about Chow and others making the show being clued into the emotional canon of the life and times of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Joseph, I'm going to have to ask you last because I want <laughs> to get your big take on that here, Jennifer. Uh, what do you think about this? I want to hear what Joseph has to say. No, <laughs> so do I, mean, I but you yeah. know, sometimes you got to have a cleanup hitter come in. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, yeah, especially after watching all of the things that I've been watching and, and really back to back and seeing how they all connect, obviously it is important to have somebody who is not necessarily an expert, but who understands the canon, who understands the lore. Um, and Deborah Chow is steering that story, I have no doubt, in a great direction that will be consistent with where we see Obi-Wan Kenobi in A New Hope. That's also consistent with his character in the prequels. That's also consistent with his character in Rebels and the Clone Wars. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot, right? So you need to have somebody who understands that. But what I like is I think that she's going to, they're going to be a great pair because Ewan McGregor is Obi-Wan Kenobi. He just is. He brought (laughs) young Obi-Wan Kenobi to life. And, you know, people, one of the criticisms of the prequels, as we all know, was kind of sometimes the stilted dialogue. But one thing I will say about Ewan McGregor is that he never gave a stilted performance. Every single line he delivers has intention. It has motivation. It has depth. It has meaning. And so you have a fantastic writer, fantastic director, and Ewan McGregor, it's going to be fantastic in my mind. So Joseph. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was great. We we could leave it there. Absolutely. No, Uh, no, I I so love everything you're saying, uh, Jennifer, about what Ewan McGregor brings, what he created. Like Lucas put it on the page and Lucas knew what he wanted as a director. But Ewan McGregor clearly did so much work to find that character and and be influenced by Alec Guinness as well. But find that mix of starting off impetuous and brash and then becoming uh, the master and kind of responding to Anakin and, and becoming a little bit more stern, but then still within it, having this sort of playful sense of curiosity and humor and all of that tracks through, through Ewan McGregor's performance. Just this morning when I was rewatching the, the opening of Attack the Clones, I was really watching Ewan in some scenes uh, or Obi-Wan where I don't necessarily like the, the first moment where Anakin just steps all over himself when he sees Padme it's like you've become uh, grown too grown more beautiful and just watch watch Obi-Wan's face and he's just got the most subtle oh my bleeping god I can't believe you just did that like (laughs) the performance is always there he's always in the moment he's an actor who cares and he's always thinking about it so yeah he brings so much and Mm. that's what excites me um about this is from what Ewan McGregor has said in interviews I think he's really um, being uh, supportive of this 
this way of telling stories. He keeps saying in interviews, like, it's all connected, the animated shows and the video games, which means like somebody sat down, he's like, okay, uh, Ewan, these guys are fighting. You gotta, you gotta play Fallen Order. (laughs) (laughs) Or you gotta watch these clips. Like, there, but what I love is there's this respect for it of like, this is a different kind of storytelling where it's this tapestry over all of these different mediums. So to see McGregor himself have this deep respect for it and say I don't need to know all of the details because people will help me with that what I need is to have respect that this is a a part of the tapestry not dismissive of those are those little things those video games and animated series are over there now I'm doing my thing to have that respect for the tapestry and the uh, other thing that I really love about this is this idea that it isn't about trivia. When he says, I don't know what happens in episode 29 of the Clone Wars, she does. To me, that isn't about trivia of like needing to the know, know the name of, of Tech or some, you know, background character. He doesn't need to know that that was Hermione Bagua, <laughs> you know, is the other waitress in Dexter's Diner. To me, it's bringing some of those lived truths of Kenobi's life that he might want to incorporate in his performance. The fact that he was uh, tempted to leave the Jedi Order by Satine and lost her. You know, mm. um, the Clone Wars really plays with how much Obi-Wan was aware of Padme's presence in Anakin's life. And that's got a way on him, right? The, it, yeah. It's in the movies too, but the Clone Wars goes a little bit deeper of like, Obi-Wan is entirely aware that something's going on, but he's putting those blinders on and not letting himself see how far it has gone, right? Yes. Yeah. That's information like that, that your great uh, turn of phrase can emotional canon is vital, you know, yeah. uh, knowing that he, he, that Obi-Wan chose to lie to Anakin to fake his own death when he knows that would how much that would hurt Anakin, you know, mm. all that stuff is emotional canon that might inform scenes. And then final thing for me on this is uh, Ewan McGregor keeps mentioning playing a scene across from Hayden like no time has passed. And that seems to me utter, utterly describing a flashback, a dream, a hollow recording of their time together as Jedi. Hmm. And I'm really curious if there's some context from the Clone Wars that really informs whatever that scene is. Uh, Again, not trivia, but emotional canon. Yeah, and I agree with that. And all I really can add to that is um, it it is that map of where he is in his life at this time. Uh, Not necessarily what he was doing and how he was doing and what he was wearing, but what he was feeling and and the why behind it. And it just makes me excited. And I wouldn't expect anything less from anyone creating Star Wars. That's why you have a Filoni to balance out of Favreau. And I sometimes, this is a joke a little bit, but Favreau would be like, I don't know. I want Kenobi to do this because I remember his action figure, which for Favreau is way more deeper than that. But you know, it'd be like, with Kenobi, I think there's so much weight to what is going on with this character because so many different generations have different uh, viewpoints and interactions with Kenobi as a character. Uh, old yeah. wizard, the warrior, friend, brother, father figure, all those kind of things. So I want to be able to track that on a map and they're going to do that. Yeah. And that rebel scene is so important. And, mm-hmm. and to uh, I think it, it's not like Obi-Wan isn't sort of centered and at peace and in the mentor role in a new hope but that scene in rebels is kenobi specifically speaking about his own journey and reflecting on it you know about coming to peace so i imagine somebody saying like ewan that's that's where we're shooting for that's where you need to end up all right now one of the key quotes from uh mcgregor about kenobi's state of mind was i don't know delicious if i may say so myself (laughs) he said this we get to see obi-wan without his power He's out of the game. He's totally rusty at the beginning, and he has to make the decision of whether he's going to try and get back to where he was or not. I love that. We've seen and heard some of those conversations and talking points about where Kenobi was. We've have, we have our daydreams about what we kind of want Kenobi to be dealing with here. Uh, and I just, 
I know, the scratchers. Uh, looks like the show's going to scratch that big itch for me there. But uh, Jennifer, what are your thoughts on uh, Kenobi's big decision and this thought of I, do I even want to get back to where I was, or where I was, where I were, where I was, where I was, where I has? The article has a spelling <laughs> error in it. That, that's, uh, by the way, too. Jennifer, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think about about Obi Wan telling Anakin, "I have failed you." Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, when that moment is just devastating. Because he failed him as a brother, as a as a parental figure, so I can see why he would be hesitant to get back out there. Um, because he doesn't want to feel again. Uh, he doesn't want to to. He just it's safer to be in hiding. What's interesting also is that Obi Wan's journey is kind of mimicking Ewan McGregor's journey back <laughs> to this character. Yeah. You know, I'm sure he was probably a little rusty with fight sequences, if there are any, um, which I think that there are. Uh, you know, he's not practicing his Obi-Wan Kenobi voice like we are every day, right? You know, he's got to find the character. And so it's interesting. I, I think that that, that might have um, helped him in his mm. portrayal of the character. I think that's a great observation of just like, ta- again, talking about that journey of – Ewan is right at the perfect moment in his lifetime and career to play this character and answer these big questions there. I love this and I love that idea. And uh, again, it's it's tracking where I mean, when we, we might know where the character is going to go and where the character is going to end up. But I want to an- analyze and see and live with him making those big decisions, Justin. Yeah, no, I love him saying this. Without his power, right? Out of the game, totally rusty at the beginning. You know, I love the idea that he's literally rusty at fighting force use because he's been avoiding them he has not been doing them and i kind of like this uh, about kenobi's character always is like in in the phantom menace he's anxious to be a you know a, a jedi knight and to take down maul and all that but after that he's really just like i just want to do my job and if mm-hmm. i gotta run around and fly fine you know <laughs> his attitude of anakin you know always on the move uh telling his droid you know oh yeah no not, not, nothing too fancy uh, that there's room for like depth of oh, do I want to re-embrace this power and, and what it means and also that like in the Clone Wars during the Clone Wars he gets up to this like fighting peak because he has to and then he hasn't been doing it for 10 years and he's like oh this stuff again <laughs> there's like room for like honestly middle-aged comedy right of like uh, I have to get back to this I, I don't want anything like super wacky or anything like that sure. but that that reality of like I got to get back into, into fighting shape to, yeah. to face this challenge is really fascinating. Yeah. Um, so, so the, for the whole kind of rusty fighting stuff, I'm really interested in that. And then he, he has, Ewan McGregor talked about, he has to make a choice. Right. And I think that's really going to be the inciting incident somewhere in these first two episodes. And what I'm most excited about there is exactly how that choice, that inciting incident is pitched right is it that someone is in trouble and he just can't resist like Mm. it's implied by the grand inquisitor Mm. or is it just he does a small act and it spirals out of control and he doesn't realize what he's starting you know and how aware it, it sounds like it's not a proactive choice where he decides i have to confront vader it sounds like he starts on a path that brings him eventually to vader and i'm so uh, curious in the inciting incident when he makes the choice to take action how aware is he that it's going to bring him to vader eventually mm-hmm. that that's mm-hmm. inevitable or is that kind of a part of the journey where like he does a what he thinks is a little thing to help someone and then kind of about halfway through he realizes this is going to force me to confront anakin this is going to con- mm-hmm. force me to confront 
that I didn't save Anakin and I didn't end Vader. And now what am I going to do? Yeah, there's something really exciting about that, especially going back to our early discussions and and daydreams, like I said earlier, about what we might want. Yeah, it leads to Vader, the line from Return of the Jedi, what Obi-Wan once thought as you did, all those kind of things. But it seems like, again, we're just speculating based on themes and what we want, what we love, not not straight out predicting here. But Joseph, you're kind of discussing this additional beat of he doesn't go, all right, grab a saber. I'm going to go get Vader. He does, right. uh, you know, again, maybe he, maybe he could. We again, we'll see when the show comes up. But this idea of life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You might be done with the force, but the force ain't done with you. And someone needs help. 
And that, I don't know, I even kind of say he's uh, he's got the mission of Luke. That doesn't go away. Clearly, he's invested in that. But it's kind of like I'm just sitting here at the bar. I don't know, just waiting. I want to train him. Owen doesn't want me to. I got to deal with that. Now something bigger emerges and who you are. Um, you can't you can't escape it right now. And that great Reva yelling, you know, you, you can't win. You can't escape him. Uh, and her involvement in the story. Just it's got me excited for what you're talking about here with this potential of. Well, yeah, I've tried to avoid it, but I am uh, on a path to Vader. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's really exciting to me to to see, just like I said, exactly how it's pitched. If if mm-hmm. he is aware of the magnitude of the choice he's making, or if it's a a moment of temptation that he gives into <laughs> to yeah. play hero, and it spirals out of control from his point of view. It's yeah. a it's real hero's journey, you know, refusing the call and yeah. then accepting the call, kind of stuff. That I think is going to be going on. Right. Ooh, love that, so love good. that. There. Uh, any final things from this wonderful Empire Magazine uh, interview here? And again, there's so many out there. Oh, I almost could get confused. Did I read that here? Was that Entertainment Weekly? Where did I read it? But this is a big one. Any any other final thoughts, Jennifer, from this interview? Yeah, I just love both both he and Hayden, like you mentioned, have both been very genuine, very honest, very heartfelt about returning to their characters, returning to the franchise. And I, I really like that. I mean, these, you know, Ewan McGregor has a fantastic career. And he's still saying, yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, I also think it shows a, a, like respect for, for fans and respect for the material and the creators that they're working with. And I, I find that really nice because we don't mm. often see that with a lot <laughs> of very successful actors. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Joseph? Yeah, um, uh, there are a lot of great little things in this interview. Uh, he said this, Ewan McGregor said this a couple times about the first time Vader is on set and everybody applauding. He keeps yeah. saying it was the first time that Vader comes down the street. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> got me. That, I was right? like, Ooh, spiraling. I, I don't think that's a turn of phrase. I think there's some street set and and yeah. that's just the, like the fun. We were talking about some deep things. This is just like the real fun detail yeah. of like, what street on Tatooine? Dayu? Yeah. Coruscant? <laughs> uh, a planet we haven't met yet? Like, it just, it sounds like some pop song of, like, what street's Vader walking down? Like, yeah. I just, I'm so excited to see that moment, that image. Yeah. Um, uh, I also like that he notes I was a producer on it. I was loosely involved in notes and different drafts and story ideas and such, and that was very satisfying. Yeah. It's really humble, but it also shows an actor who's like really, really invested and I think wants to help tell uh, the best story and find the truth of the character and all that. Final thing uh, for me mm-hmm. uh, that this article includes the first image of Ewan with the lightsaber, right? That yes. Obi-Wan yeah. with the lightsaber and then it's it's cropped out <laughs> of any sort of background. So <laughs> I don't like know if it's a promo photo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's a promo photo or if it is that they have cut out the back because they don't want to spoil it. But that I that took my breath away this morning to yeah. see the first live image, not promotional image with art, but live yeah. image of this Obi-Wan with that saber in hand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It, it reminded me of like those old New Hope kind of promotional photos, even of the one of like Luke and like a black shirt and tan pants or whatever that, that <laughs> shot was it, just, it has that vibe but you're right it might have been uh something something else uh yeah love all that stuff great stuff uh and, and look i want to be clear too it's like this the the, the press leading up to this the, the focus is a lot on you mcgregor it's obi-wan kenobi after all the return of hayden what that means i, I think uh 
I think they'd both deserve that spotlight right now. But I, I got to tell you, I think, I think once the series gets rolling and the series is over, we're going to be going back and we're going to want to hear all of Moses Ingram's thoughts about yes. Reva and this character yes. and what she's bringing to this series. I, I, I think just the fact that she's out there front and center means a lot about what this character is going to represent in this, in the story that it's, it's more than just uh, someone with a red saber coming down, uh, coming down the pike to chase out Kenobi. I, I think I, I get where we are with the marketing right now because of mm-hmm. these two coming back. Um, but I, I, I can't wait to just uh, learn more about this character and revisit uh, Moses Ingram's, uh, you know, thoughts and uh, the process that she uh, brought to this uh, character here. Absolutely. It's so great that she is uh, on the press tour and being, you know, centered as a, a new voice in Star Wars and a new character. And it does continue to give me hope that this character is really going to have an arc. Yes. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, story here that, uh, you know, I got to say, normally I, I, I don't react to these kind of stories. I, I just see them and they're fun and that's it. And that's all okay. You can just stop it. Hey, it's fun. But the production on Ahsoka has begun. And on May 9th, Lucasfilm sent out a photo with a cowboy hat on a director's chair with the Ahsoka logo <laughs> on, a, on it, meaning uh, production on Ahsoka has begun. Again, while that's not giant nudes, it's important news for Star Wars. A character once lambasted by the established fan base at the time on an animated show has grown to become a live action character leading her own show with an entire generation of fans rooting for her. I want to discuss what that means to star Wars overall. And to us who were, we're not, we're in a weird part when the clone wars show came out. We're part of the original trilogy generation that wasn't quite sure, but I don't know. It was, it was, it was, it was a weird relationship that for us grew over time to, to a character and show we love. But what does that mean overall to star Wars? Joseph, I'll start with you. Yeah, I think, um, I think for me, it it just, this actual journey with uh, Ahsoka and her reception by the fandom uh, reinforces a couple of great Star Wars lessons, uh, hope and change mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and patience uh, for that matter. Um, hope to me that like, yes, even when people are kind of set in their ways and, and make certain assumptions and this is what Star Wars is and Anakin can't have had a Padawan and uh, this is just cutesy kids humor. What is this doing here uh, to, to have some hope that maybe it will turn out different uh, change that, that the point of the character is, starting really young so we can go on this whole journey with her you know that's about embracing change and also about embracing patience right and and i think that's a really important lesson i think even in watching uh, ahsoka it's been years and years to watch her grow up grow up on the clone wars and then in rebels and now in this uh but even just having patience for one story um i saw a friend get uh upset on social media about uh the movie the batman um Mm -hmm. And I don't want to speak about any spoilers, but but uh, this person was like, um, I watched the first 10 minutes and I stopped because I don't want to see this movie that's all about X. And mm. my friend might watch the in- entire movie and not like it, and that's fine. But the entire movie is the journey that Batman learns, you know what? I don't like X. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think we just, we we need to really have patience as audience members for where the story begins is where it begins. And sometimes it begins in a place that is maybe not perfect because the point is growth. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even saying that Ahsoka didn't begin perfect. I think she actually did begin perfect because she began young mm-hmm. and then she changed. And that's the power of it. So patience, patience, patience. Mm. Mm. 
Big old four center well said there on that one there. We got we have to make a stamp sound. <laughs> well said. Well said. <laughs> Jennifer, uh, your thoughts on this? And uh, you, you here you are uh, taking a dive into Rebels a couple years after. It, it, it is, I think Joseph's right, patience for, in a lot of ways uh, factors into this stuff here. Yeah. And when I, when I first saw Ahsoka and I loved her, I, I didn't understand the criticism or the dislike of her because for me, I loved her kind of spunky attitude. I actually was thrilled that she was kind of this like orangey brownish color. I saw myself in her and mm-hmm. that to me was so thrilling. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I finally felt like this new era of star Wars. I thought this, this is, this cause this is going to be really good. Um, and then seeing the character grow, seeing Ashley Eckstein take her platform and really create this community and create her universe around that is, you know, giving fem- uh, female star Wars fans clothes, which I mean, gosh, for years I would, you know, shop at hot topic mm. buying men's clothes. So <laughs> It was really a wonderful, wonderful thing to see this character um, evolve. And then, of course, now with with Rebels and with the new live action show, um, I just I love it. And my daughter loves her now, too, and and sees this powerful female character and what that represents, um, which is, quite frankly, like the norm nowadays for for young kids. So Mm. um, so, yeah, I just I love Ahsoka. I love Ahsoka mm. so much, and I love the community that's formed around her. Oh, you force it well said <laughs> to you too, uh, Jennifer. Uh, yeah, for for me, as someone who I always say that she grew from you know the little snips character to for me for a while to like the top five favorite Star Wars character. I hate ranking because why cut anyone out of a of a great list? Uh, <laughs> but she grew. But but so I didn't start from a really horrible dis- demonstrative. What the hell is this? But I had a little bit of the what the hell is this vibe, and. <laughs> I, it was. It's been a long play lesson for me of perspectives, generations, char, Star Wars going on, and I think just it, it, almost like a soak herself. And and all credit to to Ashley Eckstein, Ahsoka just kind of won me over like she did a lot of people in the show, including Anakin. <laughs> like I kind of <laughs> think I started like Anakin, um, and then uh, you know just so, so to be where we are now. Also, her coming back in Rebels, which was powerful and important and just to see it grow and you're right the her universe the community around this character it's been a valuable lesson and then this reminds me it almost moved me of just like here's where we are this series will probably come out in uh, 2023 here's where we are star wars is not dead star wars <laughs> is still going star wars is still offering up a lot of things and uh we're now in a in a, in a spot where star wars is saying hey patience time growth you're right, Joseph. All those things that Star Wars is about is also about, uh, it should be about us uh, as fans and, and, and letting the series uh, tell its story and get to where it wants to go, get to where it needs to go. It was just, kind of, I just love seeing that. Love seeing the photo, you know, love a good cowboy hat. Sure. But um, <laughs> just love what that means. Where we're, where we're at, where we're at with Ahsoka on the way. Yeah. So, cool stuff there. But I, I it also makes me think of, uh, you know, we know a lot of the rumors. We know a lot of the cast, but at this point, this is like a temperature check. We're going to come back to this time and time again. But any wild expectations, predictions floating around our Soka loving hearts right at this moment, Joseph. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, especially when we're talking about the whole journey of Ahsoka, right, that one of the powers of it is we really get to walk through the Jedi experience with her and mm. see all the different things that she she does, see uh, the uh, compassion, see the, the, the good intent of uh, the Jedi, see the moments where they slip, see the moments for herself where she's like, I'm getting a little too aggressive, uh, mm. but I also really believe in in helping people and being assertive and not kind of running away from things. So that all makes me really interested to see a show that focuses on what does she think the Jedi should be now? Like, obviously she's got, uh, she seems aware and proud that Luke is starting a school, but is that for her? Like, good. He's got that. (laughs) I'll take care of my other things. So I'm really excited about that. Um, Wild predictions. uh, I think since the Hayden's involved, I think I have a lot of hopes for her learning to commune with Anakin's spirit and having some deeply moving healing (laughs) <laughs> scenes uh and i do think she is heading to mortis eventually uh but i don't know about this first season i, I think with uh, how much uh feloni ha- has had this wonderful relationship w- with the fans of thinking well well, well this has got to be the end of ahsoka right well this has got to be the end of ahsoka right? <laughs> right, right, right uh that i don't think it's one season uh i, yep. I think she's heading to mortis eventually but perhaps in a multi-season journey Ooh, hmm. Yeah, love that idea. Yeah, Mortis, yeah, it just, uh, not only does Dave love to play around with the fate of Ahsoka, he loves, I think he loves loves that world between worlds and uh, even just the design, the aesthetic of that world and and, and Mortis and all that stuff. So I think he, he's going to want to play with that. Uh, yeah, as far as wild predictions, I, yeah, I, the more I think about Hayden involved, the more I think flashbacks or just bits of, of the story, their relationship that we haven't seen, little shadows that we can play with, you know, where we can go in and have uh, an entire scene on something that was, uh, you know, that we didn't have time to, or didn't get to in other parts of the storytelling. That's just, that's, that's my wild thought of, of, of um, beyond just the force ghost stuff, which I, I think is, is very realistic of a possibility as well. But you know what I mean? Just like Ahsoka yeah. and Anakin at, at, at the, at the height of their relationship uh, with a little, uh, a little magic going back in time and kind of seeing that at least that's mm. what I want. So. Uh, I, I think that seems likely. Yeah. as well yeah that does jen wild yeah. wild thoughts wild predictions oh, i got some wild no uh i don't have so many wild ones i i kind of feel like i'm in the world between worlds i'm hearing voices and i'm mm, like mm. who has officially <laughs> been cast who is rumored to be cast we know right, that right. natasha lou bordizzo has mm-hmm. been cast as sabine wren mm-hmm. uh has ezra been cast? i know that they've been talking about mina Mas- mm. masood has been cast as ezra but not really officially confirming it uh, then Dave Filoni kind of threw me. I had forgotten about this. That supposedly the man, her appearance in the Mandalorian happens before the Rebels uh, appearance. Yeah, the, he he's he plays coy coy with that for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. So is she? She's is she's searching for Thrawn? Is she searching for Ezra? Uh, are Hera and her son Jason going to make an appearance? Like this, there's just so much more. I like, mm-hmm, <laughs> where are we going mm-hmm. with this? I want it to get trippy. That's all I know. Um, I yeah. want it to, mm. you know, I, I really want, like you're saying the mortis and stuff like that. I want it to get a little, a little weird. I'm okay yeah. to that. Yeah. I, I kind of agree on that kind of thing. It's gonna, let's, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think uh, Ahsoka and her, her brilliant white blades are going to, going to get wild. Going to get wild. Hey. Yeah. And looking at the official IMDB cast, which is, you know, obviously just so far incomplete. Yeah. Nothing on, on Ezra now. I think that's just strong rumors and all that kind of stuff. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Ray Stevenson mm-hmm. also in the cast as well. 
uh, Ivana Sakno as well. So we'll update uh, y'all when that stuff happens there. All right. Ahsoka's started, but we are going to take a break. Before we do, we are going to recommend an audiobook for you. What do we got today, Joseph? Uh, we have the book we were mentioned at the top of the show, Star Wars Brotherhood by Mike Chen. It is an adventure of Anakin and Obi-Wan just as the Clone Wars begin. We're going to be discussing it soon, so we recommend checking it out. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun so far. Download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audio book. All right, we're going to take a quick break. On the side, more news and a look back in uh, this week in Star Wars history. Stick around for more Force Center. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to Force Center, my friends. We are digging into Star Wars news. And like I said at the start of the news segment here, there's a lot of shows, uh, news out there that we could have talked about here on the show. The, the Fallen Order sequel might have a rumored title. We'll get that when it's official. We'll get that great cover of the Han and Leia uh, romance novel, if you will, coming out. A lot of cool things out there. But this one, I just wanted to include because it kept <laughs> popping up and then even in the live stream we got some questions about it we didn't get to right away some molly damon tweeting this out we gotta talk about the cult of rebo the cult of max rebo and starwars.com ran the story that uh we uh 
Well, again, a lot of buzz this week around the exclusive Max Rebo Red Ball Jet Concept Maquette Replica coming to Star Wars Celebration. It's from Regal Robot, and it will launch their archive collection. In fact, even today at the time of the recording, I'm sure by the time this episode hits, the public will have uh, more from this collection revealed. Uh, there was something this morning, uh, but this uh, particular one of Max Rebo, the Red Ball Jet Concept, is based on Phil Tippett's original work, uh, and the piece highlights... The answer to that age-old question about Max's feet, but also answers the question about his back end. It's <laughs> it's there. So, Joseph, Jennifer, thoughts on Max in all his glory, Joseph? Oh, uh, I I love this. I love this idea of instead of making um, replicas of completed things that we know from the final film, this idea of making them out of. Uh, concepts right mm-hmm. um in for me this this made my opinion about max rebo's limbs <laughs> snap into clarity uh <laughs> there's been a lot of discussion about it uh i think that this proves that concept max only mm-hmm. had legs and though in in their they're jointed where where legs go off his mm-hmm. hips they bend they play weird beautiful thumbs up yeah i think the Max Rebo that made it to the film, uh, I, he has limbs attached at the sh- at the shoulder, mm-hmm. and we've never in live action seen Max outside of his organ. Mm-hmm. So I think the legs are a mystery. I yeah, the action figure had legs, but that's just an action figure. Uh, I think at this point, since we haven't seen his lower body outside of the organ, uh, he has uh, Schrodinger's legs, as far as I'm concerned. We don't know. The legs are a mystery. I really agree with that. I don't think I'm uh, joking about this uh, answers the age old question. I think it still goes on. Uh, Jen, um, <laughs> you're a, you're an expert of Jabba's palace. Uh, yeah. From the moments uh, we've uh, first started working with you, I met you. We know that you love Jabba and his uh, menagerie and all the inhabitants of his palace. Your thoughts on the cult of Rebo and uh, this, uh, this piece of work here. I agree with what Joseph said. Um, first I'll tackle this. I'm, I was a little bit troubled. <laughs> <laughs> what I saw, I love the idea that they're replicating, you know, concept art or props or whatever. Okay. But I don't, to me, it feels very like 1970s. Like you'd see, yeah. I'd go to the craft mm-hmm. fair and I'd see like little statues of, of, you know, little gnomes peeing or like, <laughs> like stuff like that. That's kind of what this reminds me of. <laughs> so it's kind of like hippie-ish. Which are I like that. I like that that's in Star Wars history, right? Yeah. But but and I'm looking at a photo of him right now from the from yeah. the Book of Boba Fett. Yes, from the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, the, no, he's not ha- he's not using his legs to play on, yeah. on the keyboard or the organ. He's right. using his arms. We don't know what his legs look like. I don't think that that's the finished product. I will I will argue anyone. I need to go on some show and I'll argue it because <laughs> we see where his limbs are connected, which is like right by his neck. There's yes. no way. Right. Yes. If if those aren't arms and instead they are legs, then <laughs> then words have no meaning when discussing <laughs> Star Wars anatomy, right? <laughs> uh, you know what's on top of uh, Luke Skywalker's neck? His tail. Sure. Why not? Like, yeah. yeah. Those are yeah. arms. That's where arms go. <laughs> Very much That's arms. Fair. Very oh. much. Yes. But I, I have yeah. no doubt that that is what his backside looks like, uh, you know. <laughs> I yeah. think the backside is accurate. Accurate, <laughs> yes. absolutely. Uh, I absolutely love your description of the the vibe. I was trying to put my finger on it, and you're so right. It is like a weird kind of slightly drippy gnome sculpture from the late seventies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I've just seen so many. I remember being a kid and walking around like that was really prevalent in the in the 80s as well. And I'd be so like disturbed. I'd be like, why are they selling this? And who would who would have this? I knew people that had it in their homes. These cheeky, yeah. quote, no pun intended, cheeky, cheeky yeah. things, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, we just need a little uh, like the the wart uh, pulling down his diaper so we can see his butt. <laughs> Oh man, this is the conversation I wanted today about Max Remo. Yeah, yeah, and I do. Yeah, absolutely. I think the mystery continues. I think uh, what we see, and I think where it ends up, is different from where it started, and 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 it all kind of is part of the, the legend around him. As far as his design, I almost didn't believe it. The reason I wanted to include the story today is like when it first started popping up, I didn't click on any of the links. I was like, ah, this, who's making this up? Or, and I know it. You know, I just it probably had to do with the original design, whatever. But I just. I just almost didn't want to face what I was watching there, but then I, I, I you know, clicked on it and it's just fascinating. And it, as someone who's been watching the kids in the hall reboot this weekend, it's very much reminds me of a Kevin McDonald sketch that's going on right now <laughs> about him wanting to have a hot, hot bath. Um, it's a, uh, it's a very, very similar vibe, uh, but just love it. I love, but I love that Rebo here in 2022 has got just this, I don't even call it a resurgence. I just think, I just think Star Wars is like, yeah, we know y'all love this guy. So we're going to bring him back. Here he is in Book of Boba Fett. Uh, he is alive, and at least at the start of the series. Where was he now? I just I just kind of love this kind of stuff around Star Wars. This is this is why we're here. The deep stuff, but also the silly. So, you know, what do we think? What, 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 what do we, why do we love everyone's uh, favorite Ortolan band leader? What, what, what's the appeal of Max, Jennifer? I grew up playing the piano um, <clears throat> many, many hours a day. So I loved that there was a keyboardist in Star mm-hmm. Wars that won my heart over. But also just, he's just chill. You know, there's like chaos around him. People are dying and he's just playing playing some tunes. And he's this big blue elephant, basically. And I, or I don't even know, I don't even know what he would be, <laughs> what yeah. I thought of him as a kid. But I just, I loved him. I loved his vibe. Yeah, something about the eyes, the ears, everything about it. Hit it, Max. Indeed, Joseph. Uh, I know there was uh, until the until the Astromech, there was no real drummer in Star Wars. You love growing <laughs> up, but uh, yeah, what's your thoughts? Uh, no, just uh, special edition, some Wike banging yeah. on big drums. Uh, yeah. But yeah, not nothing like that great Astromech. Uh, no, I think Max Rebo. He, he's he's got this vibe that he's in his lane, taking care of his thing. Right, that he's mm-hmm. he seems like he's really into the music i love uh that they kind of made it uh clear and made it a part of his character what we observed in return of the jedi that he knows uh, when to stop playing for violence and conflict and he knows when to hit it again (laughs) he's just totally like i am a master of this particular uh my lane about playing music in (laughs) in dangerous places uh and then it just kind of adds to the character the idea of like he knows when to get out too, because clearly he survived uh, the the sail barge, and he he wasn't there mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> when the sanctuary blew. That adds to his his character. And I think final thing for me, he he utterly fits in Star Wars while also being kind of unique in his look. He kind of looks mm-hmm. like um they they asked Charles Schultz to design a character. Yeah. He looks like yeah. you know if Snoopy was imagining Star Wars, Max Rebo is who <laughs> Snoopy would think of. Yes, naturally, yes. <laughs> No, naturally, yeah, absolutely, yeah. and I, I, and as far as the sanctuary book of Boba Fett, I, I just, I don't think he had anything to do with anything. I think he just knew it was time to go because Max has yep. those instincts. Yeah, I love it. I mean, to him coming back, it's, it's one of those things, you know, of, of the uh, the nostalgia debate and characters coming back, and is it too much? I, I just think he's, he's a spice. 
it in in the stew here and and it was just so much fun and uh, I, I think probably new, newer generations discovered him again for the first time uh, uh, beyond just our generation celebrating him coming back so i actually hope we see more of him and if you're at star wars celebration i will absolutely be wearing my uh, hit it max brian <laughs> ward designed max rebo shirt uh, yes. uh I, i'm gonna be showing that one off there so um now as far as uh, picking up the regal robot archive collection red ball jet figure i'm gonna skip this one <laughs> i'm gonna skip this one i don't know jennifer though i think it might you know you're 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 uh, and uh, gnome collection maybe maybe this will fit in nicely right i like their they just released what is it this it's this uh quacking monkey lizard it's the, yeah it's mm. the, yeah it's uh three different quacking monkey lizards i think doing this see no evil hear no evil thing right? oh wow yeah they just came out with that one today so that will also be there that's more on my radar yeah yeah yeah, yeah, a lot of pieces going to be in this archive collection. I'm going to definitely check those out. Joseph, uh, I, I don't think until you unpack the Razor Crest, I don't think you can get Max Rebo. That's, <laughs> no, that's if I if I bought uh, Max Rebo, this is not the the kind of thing that I do. But what I want to do is I have a fantasy of buying him and then sneaking him into like a very proper art museum and just putting <laughs> him up like he's one of the displays and see if anybody takes him down. Let's it. let's go on a mission to the Getty and just put <laughs> it somewhere in there. That'd be great. Oh, it's like opposite yeah. of Ocean's Eleven. You're adding things. <laughs> yes. Things to it. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, so that is a look at Star Wars news, at least for now. Before we get out of here, we like to take a look ahead to Star Wars past. And yes, at the time of this recording, it's the 20th anniversary of Attack of the Clones. This episode released the day after, but I was looking ahead to May 19th, 1999, and we all know what happened. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace was released in theaters. It would go on to gross $922 million worldwide. So, uh, Jennifer, Joseph and I recently shared our memories of seeing this film for the first time, including, I think, down to even the snacks we bought. We told the personal mm. tale. But we uh, we want to talk to you. Do you uh, do you recall that day for you? The good, the bad, the long lasting memories, feelings going in, feelings coming out. And did you have popcorn or chocolate? Oh, I had raisinets. That was my uh, candy of choice back then. And I think that I had bought I had bought some action figures prior to the release. Um, and then I saw the film, and I I liked it at the time. But I remember it being very different than what I had expected very very yeah. different and i thought okay all right <laughs> this is a new era of star wars so uh but i i, I think i saw it more than mm. once so mm. yeah that was that was my memory and i believe i saw it in orange county at the irvine spectrum I'm pretty sure wow yeah. did you yeah did you wait parents buy tickets i can't you know high school friends i can't remember exactly uh your experience if you shared before were you one of those midnight waiters I was, I'm trying to, I was not a midnight waiter. No, I was not. I bought, I just bought tickets. I think we waited in line and that was exciting, right? To wait in line with other Star Wars fans. Um, But yeah, you know, it's funny. I actually don't remember that experience that well. I remember the Attack of the Clones experience, which is when I Mm. saw it at uh, Grauman's Chinese Theater in LA. Mm. Yeah, that that was a whole other experience. But for some reason, I don't know why I don't remember. I, maybe it's because it was Orange County. I blocked out a lot of Orange <laughs> County memories. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, it was it was exciting, but it was not as, I, I you know, on the news, they show all around Los Angeles and yeah. crazy fans dressed up and whatever. That was not so much Orange County. It was a little bit tamer. Maybe I was a little bit disappointed by that. Mm. 
Mm, yeah, absolutely. I get it. I get it. So uh, for, for Joseph and I as well, and, and you, Jennifer, uh, if we could step through the world between worlds with Filoni and his cowboy hat and travel back to that day and tell ourselves one thing as we went into the theater on May 19th, 1999, whether it be midnight, 10 a.m. for me, wherever Jennifer, whenever and wherever Jennifer's at, um, <laughs> what would we say to ourselves? What's the one thing, Jennifer, you might want to know going in? Clear your mind and embrace the new. Mm. I really wish, you know, someday you're going to love this movie. Your kids are going to love it. You're going to understand why this movie is so different than what you are thinking it's going to be. If I had only, if I'd only told myself then, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. But I, you know, I, I'm a creature of habit. I like things the way that I like them. I eat the same thing every single day for lunch. I always have. So I think it, I, it was hard for me to embrace the new. But now mm. as an as a grown up, that's what I would mm. say to myself. That's uh, that's fair. That's kind of what I might say to myself. Uh, a little bit of release expectations. Uh, I also would say it's wizard. Just trust me. You eventually get there. Um, and and something, I don't know how I'd phrase it to myself. I'm, I'm cheating here on my own question of asking one thing, uh, saying one thing. I've, I don't know how to say it. Of just like what what is there for you to see is not the end of the journey. It's also what mm. is, it's telling you. I, it, it took me a long time, clearly, to get to that point. And I wish I had that going in. Um, but Wizard might be it there. Uh, Joseph, what would you tell yourself? Yeah, I think Wizard might be the best answer. <laughs> uh, but uh, I also cheated and, and, and thought of uh, two things because I was really thinking what would actually be most helpful to me. And, and one is very similar to both of you, Jennifer. You said it really well. But I think uh, I would whisper, whisper to myself, uh, this is what George Lucas always intended and it's meant to be different. Like those two ideas, because I think so much of uh, my baggage, the baggage of, of many of my friends in, in the generation I grew up in was we wanted it to be like the way it was. And we felt such ownership. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the idea of like George Lucas always meant it to be this political. He always wanted it to be a story about how, you know, uh, an individual and a group fall. It's meant to be different. It's meant to feel different. So embrace it. That would be great. Um, the other thing that I might whisper to myself is just uh, Shmi, Shmi's wisdom is the key. Mm. Um, yes. Because I think I just let a lot of what she said just kind of whistle past me as like, uh, the, 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 yeah, those, those are platitudes. I'm familiar with them. In not seeing the weight of them, how important they are to Anakin's journey and what great advice they are in real life. Almost right. every line she says is some bit of like wisdom that's key. Yeah. Yeah, that, that might be it. Pay attention to Shmi. <laughs> Her wisdom is wizard. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, great stuff. Well, uh, looking back, uh, hard, to, hard to believe. Uh, 20 years of Attack of the Clones uh, and Phantom mm. Menace all those years ago. But here we are, and now Kenobi's on the way. Time flies, and it's all. It could be a good thing if you embrace it. All right, we are out of here today. Been a lot of fun discussing the news. If you want to find us or ask a question and get involved, uh, here's some ways to do it. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Force Center Pod, we're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Podcast is available on 
ACAST, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and more merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash center. Actually saw this come up in the Force Center Discord. Some people asking if we have uh, merch. Um, I would tune me out at the end of episodes as well, but just to highlight again, we do have merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash center. Some of our designs, uh, as Brian Ward will tell you with his, they get pulled down uh, because of their Star Wars uh, connection, but uh, we have some uh, designs up there right now you can support us directly at patreon.com slash force center from there you can get into that discord server uh or uh just uh you know uh ask us questions deeper long form questions and just support us there you can follow me at cadnapsuck go to my website cadnapsuck.com still got a big comedy show coming up on june 4th at the troubadour in los angeles if you're local you want to get tickets go to that website uh, a lot of places uh to look if you want to uh if, if you're affected by the uh, the the terror attack in uh, Buffalo. There's a lot of GoFundMe's out there. We always want to preach caution of where you want to put it there. Uh, but I am uh, looking at some websites uh, that have a great collection of of places. There's uh, uh, if you just type in uh, Buffalo shooting support, you can find uh, GoFundMe's and organizations. Uh, just encouraging everyone to uh, do that and find the one that. Uh, might uh, suit uh, you and uh, where you trust where you want to support. That's always a big thing during these times as well. Uh, Jennifer, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Jennifer Landa and TikTok at Jennifer Landa 1138. And today I am going to be spotlighting the baby to baby organization. Um, there's currently a nationwide baby formula shortage across the U.S. This is a serious, serious emergency. My first baby was actually, I gave her only formula. My second baby, I breastfed. So, you know, this happens and I cannot imagine not having access to formula. Um, so baby to baby is actually working directly with their wholesale partners to have formula made for a fraction of the retail cost. And their goal is to raise $1 million to deliver formula to families living in poverty. So their babies don't go hungry. You can find out more info and donate at baby to baby.org. That's wonderful. Great stuff. Great stuff. Joseph. Yeah, you can uh, find me Instagram, uh, Twitter, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com uh, for everything else. Uh, I would like to continue to highlight uh, Vote Forward. Their website is votefwd.org. Uh, as I've said before, I don't think voting is the one and only thing that we can do to make a difference. But I think it is an extremely big thing. And crucially, it's uh, within our power. Uh, and that's what this is. You write uh, to people and encourage them to use their power to vote. Um, a lot of elections coming up locally as well as uh, big midterms coming up. And I think it's really important uh, to focus on those as well, because I think it makes such a big difference on on issues, uh, all sorts of issues across the board. So vote forward, votefwd.org. Absolutely. Great stuff, my friends. All right. That is it for this week. So for Max Rebo and a bunch of peeing gnomes, we'll see you next time here <laughs> on Force Center. Yeah.